Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Hush on Spirituality. Um, so today, due to a very lengthy conversation that was found on a Facebook group that I recently followed, um, I have decided to do a podcast on ancestor altars. Um, it seems like there's a lot of people that have questions about ancestor altars, so I want to make sure that I provide those questions. So we're going to have some tea and we're going to talk about this, what I know and what are some of the things that I have experienced with my work with my ancestors. Just lighting the candle. Okay, so we got that tea getting ready to boil and everything, and now I'm going to start talking to you about this whole ancestor altar thing and why you should get into it, how it was very scary for me when I first decided to get into it, and why you shouldn't be afraid of actually getting into this. Um, so for me, it started maybe around about maybe two years ago, two or three years ago. Um, two or three years ago, I ended up watching a couple videos on YouTube that were talking about ancestor reverence um, and talking about how the ancestors are actually able to help you if you reach out to them. Now, of course, this actually happened to me due to the fact that I fell down a rabbit hole. Um, and a lot of times, like, you know, as much as we joke about it, I feel like rabbit holes when it comes down to spirituality actually end up bringing you into something new, something amazing. Um, and usually it's the case that God will lead you the way that you need to go in order to help you along your spiritual journey. So when I first got into it, they were talking about Joss paper or also known as ancestor money. Right. Um, and I didn't know how to feel about it. I was really like, I don't know, because I didn't want it to feel, um, like I was stepping on God's feet when it comes down to this. Um, due to the fact that, you know, I come from a Christian background growing up. So, you know, you, you're taught in church not to make a God out of anybody else, um, that God is a jealous God and whatnot. Um, by this time that I started looking into this, um, hold on, my water's boiling. Pour some tea really quick. Um, but basically what ended up happening was, is that I was afraid to get into this by this time I had already gotten into um, tarot and um, when I got into tarot I was able to ask for guidance all the more due to the fact that I was able to have a divination tool due to the fact that I had a divination tool I was able to ask more questions instead of just praying about it um, so what I did was after I learned all this information that was quite mind-blowing to me I said you know what um God, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes with this. I'm not trying to step on your toes, rather. Um, and I don't want you to be upset with me if I get into something like this, but I feel like I've watched this for a reason. Um, and if that's the case, I would love to um, have a sign in order to know that this is something that I should do. Um, I pulled on an oracle deck, and when I pulled on the oracle deck, uh, the card that came up was wait for important information. So I was like, okay. So I left it alone, went ahead and went to sleep that night. And when I went to bed, I saw a big, huge country porch, like the big round 
ones that come to go all the way around the front of the building. And I saw um, three generations, um, basically. There was a, a woman and a man at the top. Um, the woman was dressed in African clothing, but the man was in like a black suit. Um, and he had like a bald head. And um, while I was looking at it, I saw that there was two groups of other couples underneath them sitting upon the stairs. And um, they also um, showed me ancestor money was flashing back and forth um, throughout that entire dream. So after that, I took it upon myself to go and get some ancestor money and took it as a sign that it was something that I should do. Now, ancestor money, or also known as Joss paper, is basically um, something that you burn. Um, and the way that I've understood it is you burn it and it actually sends them energy on their side to actually help them to be able to help you. Because still on that side, they require energy to be able to help you um, on this side. Now, if you've ever studied anything having to do with hoodoo, you have to understand that um, everything on our side is a direct reflection on their side, which is on the, the side of the dead. Um, the dead are um, essentially awake um, during the nighttime. We are awake during the daytime, so they are an opposite. But whatever is established on that side can also be established on this side, right? Um, so I went ahead. Um, I created an altar. Um, and on this altar, when you are making an altar, because I'm supposed to be telling you how to do this as I'm talking about what happened with me, you are supposed to include the four elements. So you're going to want to have a candle, always a white candle. I always put a white candle on my, um, ancestor altar. So a white candle, um, you're going to need elements of earth. This can be, um, I know some people have said that if they visit the grave of a loved one, they will sometimes get the dirt from the grave. Um, but I know for me personally, uh, when I first started, I only had crystals up there that kind of represented the earth. However, as time went on, I ended up getting like a little small plant to keep on the altar to represent earth. Air can be represented by a feather or it can be represented by um, an incense being lit. So for me, I always had incense and then I always keep a glass of water on my altar for the ancestors. Um... Uh, usually what I do is you always make sure that you replace it when you can. Um, it is a form of respect. Um, but usually I pour cold water for my grandmother um, and all my ancestors of light. Now, mind you, um, I went ahead, set all this up. I had some photos of my um, ancestors, my grandmother, um, her daughter that passed on at an early age. I had uh, my grandfather um, and my great grandmother. Um, that were all placed onto the altar. Now, uh, mind you, of course, we do not know all of our ancestors' names. Um, sometimes it's the case that we do not have access to photos of them a lot of times. Um, if you know their names, go ahead and write it down on a piece of paper and put that on the altar. Um, if you have the photos, put the photos on the altar. If you have any of their belongings that was something that was of essence of them, again, this could be that graveyard dirt. This could be, um, like my grandmother left behind a Bible, um, that she used to keep in her room. So I had that on my altar. Um, any of these things will be fine. Um, and what you do is with this ancestor money, first you light the candle because from what I've learned, the candle is basically like a bell to let them know that you're giving them something. 
So you light the candle um, and then you say this is for my ancestors of light, both known and unknown. There is a reason that you do this. Um, you have to say ancestors of light, both known and unknown, because you do not want any individuals that you didn't know down the line that might not be so kind to you and might not be helpful. Spirits are just like people and they have personalities. So some people just generally kind of suck. Um, so you want to always make sure that you are asking for your ancestors of light, both known and unknown that mean you well. So I went ahead and I lit the candle. Um, went ahead and I got the the um, the ancestor money and what I did was I had like something to burn it in um, like a bowl um, currently I know I have like kind of like a ceramic pot that I do that in now um, but I took a lighter and I lit it um, sometimes I would light it off of the candle that I had already lit but I would say this is for my ancestors of light both known and unknown um, and when I tell you when I burnt the ancestor money the first time it felt like there was a weight being lifted off of my shoulders it felt like something had changed um it felt amazing um and after i did that um i started noticing signs from them and finding things that had to do with them now as the years passed on as time went on eventually um you know and i feel like this is for everybody it gets a little bit deeper um i didn't know how i felt about food offerings um when i first got into this um i felt like it was kind of strange i didn't know how to feel um given how i was brought up um so i started small um i knew that my grandmother liked baby roofs um, when i was a kid so i would put a baby roof open it up and put it on the um, altar now at the time you know that was the only thing that i did and then eventually i started to actually give fruit and then eventually i started to say you know what my grandma used to like her a soul food dinner and i would make a soul food dinner now i'm going to explain to you why food offerings are actually very important um, and how it can actually really jump start your spiritual journey so as of lately I have done more offerings than what I usually did. Now, you don't necessarily have to do it every day from what I've been told. Um, you know, I feel like it's more so of a thing, like when you think about it, it's a good idea to do it. Now, in the beginning, when I was only giving Joss paper um, to the ancestors, yes, they were able to help me, um, but I wasn't able to really connect with them as well as I am now. Now, believe me, after I started um, burning ancestor money for them. Um, they did start to come to me in dreams and, um, show me signs and things like that. It was amazing. Most of the time, what was weird was with my grandmother. Um, I always dreamed of her beforehand, before any of this, where it was kind of like I was still a kid and I was having to do tasks for her is how I always dreamed about her. Um, so I would dream about her telling me, hey, help me with my medicine, bring me my water. That's how I always saw her. Um, since I started reverencing her and I started doing the ancestor money, what ended up happening was is that um, she comes to me in dreams differently now. Um, I usually dream of her in a wheelchair and I'm pushing her around. Um, I feel like this is actually quite significant showing that instead of me constantly reliving the past that now that she is in a different place where um, 
we are essentially uplifting each other, even though I'm pushing her in a wheelchair when I'm doing these things, it's usually something that she's telling me. There's something that she's showing me. Um, so I just thought that I would add that in. So now the thing is when you're actually giving food offerings and you're doing it more often, I saw somebody say to do it once a week. I think this lady, um, I watched on YouTube said that she did it every Sunday you have to understand that the more that you deal with your ancestors, the more they're going to deal with you, okay? Now, a lot of people had questions for me very recently where they were saying like, okay, well, um, how do I connect to my ancestors and where do I start? Start with those that you knew, you know? If it, you have an auntie, if you have a grandmother, if you have a grandfather, those individuals that you knew in, in the physical realm at one point in time are the people that I started with. And I, I suggest that those are the people that you start with because these are the individuals that you know. Now, mind you, if you have ancestors that were people that you were having spit spats with when they were alive, it is not necessarily a good idea to invite them in because they might cause a little trouble. Um, from what I've heard now, the ancestors that I'm familiar with that I knew, which was my grandmother, um, she didn't have anything that she was angry with me about when she left. Um, so the thing was, is that it was cool to reverence her, but I've heard that if you have issues with certain ancestors that passed on, do not bring them into it because they might give you more hell. Um, so when you start with these ancestors, um, you can start with the Joss paper like I did. Now, if it's the case that you knew them in the physical form, the thing is, is that you want to remember what it was that they were a fan of when they were alive. What is it that they liked? You know, if you had, you can have a grandfather that was a fan of tobacco um, and a fan of cigars and whiskey, and you can put that out on your altar for that individual. Now, at first I didn't agree with that. I was kind of like, why the hell would I be putting whiskey and cigars? Because to me, in my mind, I kind of viewed it as demonic, but that's not the case. This is the case that this was something that they enjoyed while they were on earth. So you still want to put that on the altar in order to reverence them. Now, if you don't have somebody that was in the cigars and whiskeys, if you don't want to start with that, that's perfectly fine. Like I said, I started with a baby Ruth and put that on the altar. Um, you can just go by what was their favorite candy? What was their favorite meals when they were alive? What are some of the things that they enjoyed drinking? My grandmother was a big fan of ice cold water. So whenever I put water on the altar, it's ice cold to reverence her. Now, when you start doing this and you doing it every now and then, you know, you will start to see blessings come in and things that they are protecting you from. There have been things since I had started doing that, that they were protecting my family from. Um, after I started reverencing them. But let me tell you a thing. After it was the case that as of lately, I have been doing it more often. I sit with them and I meditate. Um, I put them a, a big meal out. I, sit, I make soul food dinners. I give them desserts that they may want and things like that. This is when you start to hear from others. And it depends. And the thing is, is that for me, it depends on what exactly are you coming to them for, Okay. My grandmother was a Christian woman when she was alive. She had a Bible in her room. Some people disagree about having the Bible on the altar. However, when it comes down to it, I feel like it held her essence. She was a church woman. This was something that deserves to be on the altar because it was something that was important to her when she was alive. Now, 
with these individuals, when you're thinking of, okay, for example, at the time when I first started doing this, I feel like I was still caught up in some of the ways of Christianity and the ways of Christianity were more so like, you know, of course, you know, you, you pray for protection and, and, and blessings and stuff like that. Right. My grandmother was the perfect person to come to about that. She was a perfect person to say, protect my children. Um, because she wasn't going to play about no kids when she was alive. Right now, eventually as time went on, there were things in my life that actually started to occur that had me dealing with individuals that were further down the line. Okay. And it wasn't necessarily that some of, some of the time it wasn't that I asked. Um, sometimes you can specifically say, Hey, ancestors of light, if there's any of you that know how to do blase skippy and they will come forward for me. Um, I started dealing with a different ancestor that I did not know physically after I started stretching my ears. So this is a, a totally different topic, but with stretching my ears, I am a believer that with stretching my ears, it actually helps you to hear from the divine easier. So it is a spiritual practice that I actually partake in. When I started stretching my ears and I was talking to the ancestors and meditating on them, one of my grandmothers from way down the line came to me and was talking to me about my ears and how she was proud of them and she was happy of them and she was able to connect with that. She was able to connect with that. Now, my grandmother that was alive, baby, if I told her I was stretching my ears, she was going to be like, girl, what the hell are you doing? But in this case, way down the line, there was an individual that connected with that aspect of me. It was able to give me more guidance on it. So know when you get into the ancestor work and you may not know what you're doing now, but you're dealing, you're starting small. Eventually, you'll have the ones that you need to speak to about certain situations that come up and you'll end up finding out their names. You will find out their names. They will give you their names if you ask them. Um, but the more that I started to reverence them and give more offerings and things like that, I hear them all the time. They are more so walking with me more than they were two years ago. And it is easier to deal with them. Um, understand that it's okay if you're not doing big food offerings right now. Um, it's okay if you're just dealing with ancestor money. And it is okay to be afraid, okay? It is okay, okay? Because I was terrified when I first got into this. Um, but you also have to understand, let me just give you a little Bible reference because this is something that somebody made a good point of. So my mother always tries to tell me the Bible verse that says, um, it's like, don't deal with familiar spirits or something like that. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that verse. Um, I can't leave links in this because it's a podcast, but if I do a YouTube video, I'll leave the link there in order for you to be able to read this verse. But the Bible says not to deal with familiar spirits. Okay. Now, what is sort of contradictory um, to this statement is the fact that throughout the entire book of the Bible, everything is named after um, someone at some point, right? Um, well, the person responsible for writing the book, you got Job, you got Esther, you got, um, what else do we got that's um, named after somebody? Um, but but you, you see what I mean? And every time that they talked about an individual that was born, they always said, and this person begot this person, and this person begot that person, and this person begot that person, and they go down the line. 
Why would they do that unless it was important? Now, if you have ever dabbled in reading in some of the books that were taken out of the Bible, such as the Lost Books of Eden, um, there is a book of the Bible called Enoch. Now, if anyone is coming from the Jewish faith, from what I've heard, they actually read Enoch. And Enoch is supposed to be directly after Genesis, if I'm not mistaken. Now, the thing is, is that the book of Enoch is actually talking about what happened when Adam and Eve got kicked out of heaven. Well, not technically heaven, but they got kicked out of the garden and they had to live for themselves. And one of the things that are talked about in there is after Cain killed Abel, that Adam would go to where they had buried him, which was within a cave, if I'm not mistaken. And they would go over there and they would sit with him because they were sad that he passed on. Now, I am bringing this up due to the fact that not anywhere in this particular book of the Bible that they say it was wrong for them to ever go visit the dead, their dead um, son. And the way I was taught was, you know, visiting the dead um, was kind of like pointless because their body is no longer there. You get what I mean? I always viewed it as you know, their soul is no longer within it. So what is the point of actually going to the gravesite in order to visit them? This is how I viewed it. Um, and this is why it was hard for me to understand how people would go and visit graves and say, Oh, I'm talking to my grandmother. I'm talking to my brother or whoever it is that passed on. Um, I didn't completely resonate with it and I didn't understand it. Um, some experiences that I have had, th this is what's weird. Years ago, I got called to just walk through a graveyard. And this happened to me around the time that I was having a lot of hard time believing things that I was hearing do, through meditation, things that um, revelations that I were having to happen while I was getting into meditation and spirituality. And I swear to you, when I walked into that graveyard, I felt spirits up in there. I felt it. You could feel the presence up in there. And this just really makes you think, okay, well, there's spirits still sitting there. And I know that it may be confusing because to the best of our knowledge, especially when you come from religion, religion t teaches us that we are born, we live and we die. And it's the case that you go to heaven or you go to hell. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and with you going to heaven or going to hell, you think that there's no such thing as an in-between that you're not still supposed to be there. But it's the case that people are here. Your ancestors are here. And even if it's the case that they're not necessarily chilling at a graveyard, you can invite them into your home to deal with you and help you. Um, but you have to take that first step. But I promise you, I was just telling an individual, when you take that first step, they take three. Um, and there's things that they will teach you. There were things that they will come to you about. They will verify things with you and everything. You have to understand, we may not know all of them our ancestors we may not know all of them but they know you your blood is running through their blood is running through your veins and they will do anything and everything to actually help you out they will they will um so hopefully this can give some insight to some people um i'm hoping that maybe this will knock off some of your fears as far as reverencing your ancestors and actually dealing with them but it is something that is very helpful and it has been so rewarding once I got into it and then it helped once it was the case that I started to get into hoodoo um, because hoodoo deals definitely heavily with the ancestors so 
um, you guys go ahead and please subscribe to my channel if you liked this. Um, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye.